You're listening to Theology and Apologetics with Thomas Fretwell, bringing theology to life. Welcome back to the podcast. We are very excited today to be starting a brand new series for you on the Theology and Apologetics podcast. This is the 10-minute devotion series. In the future, we also hope to have the 10-minute apologetic series. These are designed to be short studies that will fit around a busy life, but hopefully still delivering a deep engagement with the Bible and fulfilling the goal of theology and apologetics, which is bringing theology to life. So in this first episode, we are looking at the subject of being nearly Christian. This is going through the motions of Christianity, but without the power and without the joy. And our text will be in 1 Samuel chapter 1. The books of 1 and 2 Samuel, they provide us with a history of Israel, but they cleverly frame this story around the biographies of three people, Samuel, Saul and David. And many people enjoy reading biographies and and they love the historical narrative that we find in these books. We see a transition in 1 and 2 Samuel from the time of the judges to the prophets and then ultimately to the monarchy, Samuel being the last judge and the first prophet. And just as in the same way that we see the Gospels, it begins the story of King Jesus by introducing to us John the Baptist, 1st and 2nd Samuel begin the story of King David by introducing Samuel. Like Jesus' frontrunner, David's frontrunner was born to a previously barren, faithful woman who received God's merciful attention. Both were the result of miraculous births and both were instrumental in ushering in game-changing kingdoms. So let's turn to chapter 1 and let's just read the first three verses. Now there was a certain man from Ramathaim Zophim, from the hill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah and the name of the other Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man would go up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were priests to the Lord there. So immediately in this story we're introduced to a man called Elkanah. This is Samuel's father. And he is said to live in Ramah, which is in the hill country of uh, the territory of Ephraim. This is in the south near the Dead Sea. Now the text says he was an Ephraimite. But that is only by residence. We actually learn, and this is where it's interesting to compare parallel passages, we learn from the book of 1 Chronicles 6, 33-38, he was actually a Levite by birth. That means he was a priest. Now we get a little insight into a few things here that are worth noting. Ramah was not one of the Levitical cities allowed to priests in Ephraim. Do you remember in, in the book of Joshua, the, the Levitical cities are allocated based on tribal designations and Ramah does not fall under the allocation of priests in Ephraim. Now, we can ask a question from this. Why wasn't Elkanah living where God had specified? And this raises initial questions about his commitment to the Mosaic law. Was he where he should have been? And was there something holding him back from entering into full obedience and service? Maybe some sin, or maybe he was just comfortable being near. And I think this gives us a good lesson for today. We do not want to fall into the trap of being one of these Christians, one of these uh, people who are merely just churchgoers, content with Sunday faith, content with occasionally coming to the house of God, looking at it from the outskirts, maybe entering in on the edge, but never becoming one in fellowship with the body. Those who stick to the edge, we, we basically end up being just out of reach from responsibility 
also from demand, however also from intimacy and joy. And often these will be the people that become lukewarm. Charles Spurgeon said, Is it not a sad thing that after all Christ's love to us, we should repay it with lukewarm love to him? And I've seen this many times from Christians who are either backsliding or not living a joyful Christian life. It is because they are not properly engaging with true Christianity, with the heart of Christianity. They are content to stay on the edge. And one of the things that happens is when you're on the edge, you do get a very good view of everything. You can look at circumstances. You can look at the church, at other churches. You can focus on people within the church. And you can blame them for your current lack of joy in your situation. But the reality of the matter is true Christianity is only fully experienced when we are fully submitted to the Lord because he is the heart and center of everything. It is our heart that determines how close we get to God. Elkanah was almost living as a priest, but not totally. He wasn't living where he should be. He was doing some of the duties of a priest, but not fully. And as you go through the narrative in 1 and 2 Samuel, his, his failings are highlighted in his two sons. What a heartbreak though. Greg Laurie says, what a heartbreak it would be to live an almost Christian life and then almost get into heaven. It says in the text of 1 Samuel, this man would go up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. You see, Elkanah was not completely unfaithful. He still made one of the annual pilgrimages of Passover, Unleavened Bread and then Pentecost and Booths that were required uh, in the Torah. He did what was required. His adherence to the law was fulfilled. But was it really devotion to the heart of God, to the teaching of the Lord? Now we don't fully know these questions, we can't judge the man's heart, but we can make an application here. Often we treat our relationship with God, our Christianity in this same manner. We do just enough to get by making sure we do all the big things, we go to church, we say grace, we attend meetings, we don't swear and drink excessively. But do we really seek after God in deep, meaningful ways? Like the psalmist in Psalm 119 who says, my soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. He said, my soul languishes for your salvation. I wait for your word. The prophet Isaiah, says, at night my soul longs for you. Indeed, my spirit within me seeks you diligently. And the psalmist again says, O oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Such devotion cannot be fulfilled by staying on the edge, by living a nearly Christian life. And the problem is, if we try and live a Christian life thinking, oh, I do what is required, then those things that we actually do that are supposed to bring us joy and fulfill us and, and have a practical purpose in our Christian life, those things will become a burden to us and we'll fall into that legalistic relationship with the Lord. In a way that's in, in our mind we're trying to do something to give us an easier time and in so doing we sacrifice the very heart of Christianity, a heart that should long for God. Let me read to you a quote from uh, Augustine's Confessions. He says, you called and cried out loud and shattered my deafness. You were radiant and resplendent. You put to flight my blindness. You were fragrant and I drew in my breath and now pant after you. I tasted you and I feel but hunger and thirst for you. You touch me and I am set on fire to attain the peace which is yours. 
I do not hide my wounds. You are the physician, I am the patient. My entire hope is exclusively in your very great mercy. My God, give me yourself. Restore yourself to me. See, I love you. And if it is too little, let me love you more strongly. Make my life run to your embraces and not to turn away until it lies hidden in the secret place of your presence. Let's climb the ascents in our heart and sing the song of steps, for I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We want nothing but to stay there forever. That's Augustine. And we want to live this sort of a Christian life. Living a sort of or a nearly Christian life is a waste. Let us be sure that we long for God in all of our pains, our hurts and our joys of this life, and we can be confident that his heart longs for us. Thank you for listening. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I just ask if you could please share and review the podcast. And if uh, the Lord leads you to support the ministry, you'll find the, uh, the Patreon support details in the credits at the end. God bless. You've been listening to Theology and Apologetics. This podcast is supported by your generous donations. To help us continue to bring you great content, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash theologyandapologetics. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please leave us a review and remember to connect with us on social media. For more resources, please go to theologyandapologetics.com. Thanks for listening.